When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome one and all to Knife Talk, the number one knife, knife podcast basically. Anything to do with knives, we cover it. Um, it's me, myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Mareko Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts, and normally we have Jeff Fader with us. Um, but he's had a bit of an incident. He he undercooked his turkey this year, so there's there's no polite way to say this, but he's probably on the loo as we. As he's been we shitting his pants for the last five days. That's the, I mean that's <laughs> I, you you've probably had the same messages as me, Morocco, yeah. for the last two days. Well, and the pictures and the videos the, are the worst. Yeah, it's disgusting. Not good. Not good. Um, so if ever he offers you food, please say no because be very hey, careful. Be very, very careful. Um, so we're going to do things slightly different this week. Um, it's just myself and Morocco. Um, things have been a little bit strange over the last few weeks where, you know, we haven't had the, the three of us haven't been in a, in a show for some time. Um, last week we did the, the Dharma Steel Chef Invitational. So that was a slightly different show as well. Um, that was lots and lots of fun for those who listened to that one live. Um, and I just think it's just nice to have a chat. It's, you know, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Christmas is coming. Lots going on. I thought maybe we just have a chat. What do you think? That sounds great to me. Yeah, bit more, bit more civilized and relaxed. Yeah, rather than that guy showing up, calling everybody <laughs> motherfuckers. You know how it, you know how that, it is. That guy, that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> so I mean, how you, how was your Thanksgiving been? Uh, Thanksgiving was great. Uh, my wife's side of the family is here in Washington, and. Mm. Um, they're mostly down about an hour south of us, so not very far. And her uncle's a very talented cook, and so he always does the main like protein, which is the turkey or a ham. Sometimes he does lamb. Um, so he does the meat and then a couple sides, or at least the pies. Uh, again, because he's he's very talented. And then he asked for people to help with like other sides. We brought a salad, a very simple arugula and fennel, fennel root salad uh, mm. with like a, a lemon vinaigrette and a pecorino. Uh, kind of cheese kind of tossed all together it's very nice very simple light because everything has a tendency to be very heavy on thanksgiving day so the salad is really kind of a, a nice little r- reprieve from all mm. the heavy heavy um the i mean freshness. all the sa- yeah exactly well and it's just brighter vinaigrette's always a little bit brighter than everything else yeah um it, you know it's mad how is you know it's obviously such a such a big thing for you guys thanksgiving right and of all the holidays that have come over the seas, you know, like Halloween, when I was a kid, it was never really, it was a, it was a little thing, it was never really massive. Sure. Um, but, you know, you'd see it in the States and it was huge. And now that <laughs> is over here as well. And, you know, all the holidays now have just gone so much bigger right. following that sort of American influence. But, you know, Thanksgiving, we've never really, you know, it's something that nobody celebrates here at all. <laughs> it's a normal day. It's, it's kind of a fake holiday. Really, yeah, it's um, pretty cool. <laughs> we're, what we're really good, I feel like, in the United States, what we're really good at is uh, taking something that is virtually meaningless and turning it into a big thing, and then selling a bunch of shit around it. 
and <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all about business. It's all about money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it is nice to have somewhat of a dedicated day once a year to get together and intentionally spend time with people, ideally, and hopefully that you get along with and that you care about. Uh, sometimes that's definitely not the case. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forced <laughs> and, families uh, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you got your weird uncle in the back getting drunk and trying to get everybody pulled his finger. Um, and so, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, but it was cool. It was her side of the family is all very, uh, they're very kind people. They're great to hang out with and, uh, the food's good. And so it's always good to see them. It's kind of our once a year opportunity to go spend some time with them, even though they're only an hour away, (laughs) we hardly ever see them. Um, but her great grand or her, what was it? Yeah, her grandparents are still rocking and rolling. They're in their early 90s. And wow, so wow. as much as we can, we do actually get down there at least to spend uh, to see them every couple months uh, hmm. just to because, you know, once you get into once you get beyond 70 or 80, it's like any day it could just happen. <laughs> yeah. Everything's so, a bonus. Yeah, yeah wow. exactly. So yeah. um they're really great people and so it's fun to spend time with them. Nice. Um, so so how many yeah. were there for dinner? Oh gosh, there was probably 25 20 25 what? people yeah wowzers yeah wow and it's wow. not a super big house either so there's a lot of people crammed <laughs> into a kind of a tight space but again they they make it happen um they're very gracious hosts they've been doing it for years and um i think they're ready to pass on the torch but unfortunately <laughs> nobody's really kind of <laughs> nobody's pick, stepping up picked it up <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah i suppose those are you know for the kids i suppose that's the, the memories that you have isn't it you know I remember, you know, there's being a kid and, you know, big family get-togethers and, right. and that kind of thing, which don't happen so much now. Certainly not sure. in my family. We're a bit more sort of dispersed all over the place. Right. But as a kid, you always remember whether it was Christmas or Boxing Day, everybody would always be together. Too many people in one room. It would be too hot. People would be drinking too much. And right. Yeah, they're always good memories. Yeah. No, it's super. I remember, yeah, from when I was a kid, and we had, what is it? We had one part of the family that we'd get together with, and there was, yeah, there was five or six kids running around rampaging around the house chasing mm. each other playing games breaking each other's presents and toys and shit yeah oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah uh yeah no it was it was a good time hanging out and uh, it is good to have those times and those memories because as my kid is going to be an only child um we've kind of my wife and i've had the conversation about whether or not we're gonna keep going and getting more and bringing more in the world we might maybe somewhere down the road uh adopt um but oh, for wow. now we we are uh we're good with where we're at so it's good for him to have those times and those moments with uh the other extended family because he's kind of you know because he's in and it's not like he doesn't have friends he's has friends he sees and plays with all the time goes to school with but it's not necessarily the same as having siblings mm. and so the cousins yeah. have a tendency to be kind of surrogate siblings to him and he loves spending time with them so yeah. how old is he now he's seven yeah seven, he'll be wow. he'll be eight in august next year uh, well like, ours are it's their birthday next week and they're five oh, the right. twins okay and then we've got buddy who's what, 20 months now Wow. And so we were just discussing actually today that next year the twins go up to the next school, which is the next village. Okay. And um, Buddy starts school. And it's like, he's, you know, he'll be two and a half and he starts school. And I remember the, when, the, when the twins started, just yeah. that feeling of, you know, dropping a baby off at the gates for nine till <laughs> half four, a full day. Right. And we're like, Jeez, but uh, the difference is he he's grown up obviously with slightly older siblings, so he, he's much more sort of 
socially advanced than they were because sure. you know they went through lockdown then they went straight into school and again in a different country whereas right. he, this, this is all he's known you know yeah um but it's just mad to think how quick quick everything happens yeah there was uh when my kid was i think either when my wife was still pregnant with a kid or right after he was born um i read a book called raising baby and it was about uh an american expat over in france um and i think i think she lived in paris but um and her talking about the cultural differences of how france raises their kids and how they start them super early and they do yeah. like full day like super early oh yeah and yeah. they keep them like super regimented on like breakfast lunch and dinner kind of um it sounds discipline like discipline is a, is a and, huge thing over here yeah and, and discipline um, and like yeah kids are meant to be seen but not to be heard kind of situation yeah, there's there is another famous book actually it's something like you know french kids aren't naughty it's something like it's called something like that i can't think okay. of it's called but basically that that's the, the gist of it that french kids aren't naughty and um it really is the case. I, I could be walking down the street. If I go into into one of the towns here, I could yeah. be walking down the street and there could be a bunch of like teens, 13, 14-year-olds. And, you know, there's nine or ten of them. And anywhere else, if I was back in Wales or if I was in London or wherever, you're not nervous, but you just, you know, you'd expect them some sort of remark or something to happen, you know, okay. as, you know, as, as kids are. Um, but here in France, you know, they all step aside and say, oh, bonjour, monsieur, bonjour, monsieur, bonjour. <laughs> it's just oh, like, uh, it's mad that, yeah, the, the kids here, they've they got a real respect for um, for adults. Do they, though? I bet that they're, maybe they're polite to your face, but the second you walk, you pass, they're like, fucking cunt. <laughs> quite possibly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, le roast beef, yeah, yeah quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. Um, but yeah, but, but even, like the schooling system here is very traditional you know it's all very sort of grammar and stuff they they have no creative lessons at all what nothing at all so there's no like music or drama they don't oh, wow. do that don't really? do that at all but they have wednesdays off so that the wednesdays are then supposed to be association days so that's when you're uh, meant to put them in classes you know for whether music classes dance or whatever oh interesting they don't do it in school at all oh, so wow. i mean most kids are then just playing video games all day on a Wednesday, you know. Right. <laughs> um, you know, thankfully for us, it's slightly different because, you know, we're, we both work from home anyway. Um, okay. yeah. But, yeah, it's, it is a completely different system. And, um, yeah, starting at two and a half, dropped off, and that, the teachers are very sort of strict. You know, no parents coming in because that will just make things worse. Drop them off, and I'll see you at 4.30. And right. it's just like, wow. So they have a sleeping room there. So oh, they sure. have a, you know, they have a three course lunch, which lasts two hours. Oh then, my God. <laughs> are you serious? Every day. Yeah. The, the twins every day. It's like, what should you have? And they, they have duck and they have all this. Like the menus every day are incredible. Incredible. And my um, kid would love that. He is, maybe he's part French because he's the slowest fucking eater I've ever <laughs> met in my life. Like growing up for me, food was such a like, uh, uh, I don't know. We just didn't have a lot of it. So it's like you ate what you had as quickly as you possibly could. So you could yeah. get seconds. Yeah. Um, and so, but he's, you know, like I said, he's an only kid and both, or I guess I, I like to cook. So uh, he's, he's got plenty of whatever he wants and he yeah. just diddling and takes his whole, <laughs> yeah. it takes, it takes like an hour to eat a lunch. And I'm like, what the fuck? Bro? Like literally <laughs> just like, and he talks so much though, too. That's part of it too. He's yeah. constantly telling stories and asking questions, which is cool. Um, but it really slows down where, the process where I'm like, all right, we could have been done like 10 minutes ago, 20 minutes exactly, ago. Yeah. It's bad time. Come we got, on. We yeah, got yeah. other shit to do. <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. move on. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah it's very much like that the, the school's here and i said they have a sleeping room then so after after two hour lunch they'll then go for a sleep um it's it's yeah it's it's completely different to you know the school i, I was in but yeah the fact that you know buddy's gonna be doing that next year as well it's just mad but that does give me my time back i was gonna so say i can you're get be back in the shop having some of that back right? yeah and i've got to be honest with you even doing this show i felt like a fraud for the last 18 months at least because i'm barely barely in the workshop barely i mean i can tell you now the last time i turned on my grinder was three four weeks ago um it's yeah so i'm can't wait for a bit of normality to come back i got you um there's no more babies (laughs) without a doubt without a doubt (laughs) did you get snipped uh, it's 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 a you got powerful swimmers, bud. You got it's a you got delicate. <laughs> it's a delicate situation that um oh, I okay. haven't. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, our kids were IVF babies anyway. Okay. Um. So, so my thinking is, well, I don't particularly need to. And then she's like, I think you need just in case. Just like, oh, <laughs> so it's going back and forth this thing anyway. But um, at the moment, I'm I'm fully intact. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't take your whole unit off. It's just they just a small incision. That's yeah. From what I understand. I, I I have had a look at a video and even that. Oh really? Funny. They say like people go back to work the same day, and I'm like, what? No. Oh no. <laughs> no. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. But anyway, I think we should talk about our sponsors. Um, first up. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Go and do it. I mean, Even Heat have been with us since day one. Uh, great sponsors, and everybody we speak to, everybody has an Even Heat. And for all those people, you know, you always get very similar questions each week. Um, of you know what do I need to spend money on if I'm just starting out? I mean, a kiln is 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 basically one of the basics. And if you're going to get one, get the best, get yourself an even heat. Okay, so what should we do? What should we do? We haven't, we haven't got Jeff telling us what to do this week. We can do what the hell we like. <laughs> we do whatever we want. Like. Um, yeah. What well, what are you working on at the moment? What am I working on? I'm working on a knife. Uh, imagine that made out of Damascus. I know, shocker, right? Uh, just doing kind of basic stuff. Um, I did, what is it? I did that fundraising knife for the school, and recently I've, I've really struggled with my packaging game. I feel like mm. it's not as good as it really ought to be or could be. And um, I've had this idea of building a box in my mind for a long time. And so with this little uh, bench knife, it's just a brute forage bench knife, no handle or anything, I kind of played with that concept where I did... Kind of like I would do a three-piece saya, but instead of mm-hmm. having uh, both sides glued on, I only had one side glued on, and then the other side got a hinge, so open and close. But the inside of the box was still, um, I cut out a, a, a neg- the negative space where the knife would go. So there's a yeah. cavity there that fits the knife perfectly, and it's got a couple down by the, at the tip end of the tang. Uh, it's got a couple spots where you can kind of fit your fingers in and pull the knife out of the box. And um, and then I actually had a shim underneath to kind of help balance it out and raise it up so that it kind of fit in there nicely and was presented nicely. Um, it was it was a quick and dirty one. And part of it is because it was going to uh, my friend won that knife. And so it was I felt safe, uh, con- <laughs> um, kind of experimented with that concept yeah. with him because he could either trash it or keep it, whatever, um, and not be too annoyed with it or whatever uh you know 
disappointed, I guess. Uh, and I like it. Um, I have a different idea, though, about how to use the lid or, I guess, hinge the lid so that it it can double as uh, kind of a stand for the oh. knife so that it can be a packaging like a packaging box but then can be used as a way to display the knife um because sometimes people don't necessarily use my knives which is totally yes. fine with me um i mean they're designed and built to be used but ultimately when somebody buys it they get to do whatever the hell they want with it and so oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, some of them just like to display it or have it on the on the kitchen counter or on a uh you know, whatever a curiosity shelf or bookshelf or something mm. and it's something to talk to people about so uh, i suppose packaging yeah. wise with you yeah. it's different because every knife you do is is slightly different so yeah. you can't it can't be you very standard packaging it yeah you can't yeah. order a packaging in knowing that you know what it's going to rattle around or it's not going to be perfectly fitting each time right. yes yeah, and, and that and that's kind of like that's that has always been the challenge is because every there there aren't really standard lengths and heights and widths and all that kind of stuff even the handle shape and size of the handle none of that's standardized it varies from mm. knife to knife um and so but i i i built this little box in in a day and i didn't spend the whole day on it you know there were times where it was gluing or like some finishes were drying but it just took a day to put together and i feel like if i were to build a sheath for it like a saya, usually my sayas uh, take longer than that for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, which is kind of a drag because it's it's just, just such a st- it's such a simple thing. But I have a problem with it on my knives being uh, too simple. I, I want like the leather liner on the inside to help be a little bit kinder to the surface of the blade and stuff like that. And so it ends up taking me like two or three days to build one of those stupid things rather than just one day. I want something quick and dirty, or kind of quick and dirty, but. Yeah, yeah. But, so, so when you when you do a sire, yeah, are you sort of routing out the the blade shape on one piece and yeah. then sandwiching it with with just a flat piece, or you or you routing out both pieces? Right. They're, they're, how, how, all of those are valid ways of making a sire. Um, hmm. uh, before uh, or when I first was making sires, I would have one flat side, or say say uh, the piece was. Um, maybe three quarters of an inch, I would mm. cut off a quarter inch slab off one side and then the, I would keep the other side thick and then I would route it out. And then I would kind of size it down using a, a sander, um, not a two by 72, but probably like a four inch wide or something like that at least, just so mm. I could rest the whole width of the side on there. And, um, and I would sand it down to fit. And then, and so I would bas- basically route out a pocket where the knife would go. Yeah. And then I would glue the pieces to two pieces back together. And then I would you know, contour it on the outside and clean it up on the outside going uh, as, as, as however I liked. And then, but that is also very time consuming and mm. it, doing a three piece sire, which is essentially like doing leather is you have that same board and maybe it's like, a, it would probably have to be more like a either seven eighths or a one inch thick board. And you split that into three even pieces and so the outer two pieces become the outer faces of the of the saya. So they're flat sides. They've got the yep. like a frame. Like a, okay. Yeah. yeah, and then and then on the inside, on the middle piece, the core piece, I just trace the the shape of the blade, and then I cut it out with a bandsaw. And literally, you, you it's like the bare bones, simple saya. You just glue that all back together, uh, and you probably want to do a little bit of sanding 
you know, to clean up the sock, the socks, scratches and stuff like that from the saw blade. Uh, but you glue them back together and boom, you have a Saya. Now I yeah. take it to, to another level where <laughs> I, I, uh, I, you surprised me, Morocco. <laughs> I sculpt the, I sculpt the, uh, the, the welt down or the, the core piece down to kind of fit the size of the blade better. I do a, a leather liner on the inside. I also make a retention pin. And then after all of that, I, do sculpt the outside um, to be really clean and have these nice facets and stuff like that. And, um, and then I send it out. But again, it takes like two or three days at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I'm not so too with, overly with distracted. With a retention pin, you will have the sire coming further back on the heel. So there's just a bit of room there. Right. Yeah. I like to have, out. yeah. Yeah. My retention pin is usually an eighth inch. Um, uh, what is it? Eighth inch pin yeah i don't know what to call it pin stock uh what i actually use is i use bronze i i get brazing wire from like the welding supply store that's an eighth mm. of an inch um and it's super cheap and you can get tons of that material and you can use it in handles you, you can use it in sayas um and it, but it, i use it for just my sayas and um and so i use that and i drill a little i make a little head for the pin with uh usually a piece of uh, material that matches the handle of the knife mm. and then uh, and then i use I, I chuck it into a dremel and then i use a second dremel or a fordham or some sort of rotary tool uh to sculpt it and shape it i used uh when i first started doing it, i would actually chuck it into my drill press and then use my dremel to sculpt it into like a somewhat interesting shape um and then sand it in there as well and then take it out and that would be my retention pin and now you're double Dremel in. You massacre. Yeah. Dremel, Dremel yeah. on Dremel. <laughs> Don't cross streams. Hard Dremel action. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. hardcore. Okay. Well, you, you know, you could just do it with, with, with sandpaper. And um, if you did, you'd probably want to use the world's best sandpaper. Absolutely. Uh, which is, which is Rhino-Wet. Um, if you are doing any sort of hand sanding, um, I know Marek uses Rhino-Wet, Jeff uses it, I use it. Most of our listeners are now using it because... It just saves you time. It's it's great, great stuff. Um, you can get that from Texas Farrier Supply. Um, they've got that in all the possible grits you want. Um, but they also do lots of other stuff, obviously. If you're a knife maker, a farrier, whatever you want to call yourself, um, head on over to TexasFarriersupply.com um, and you can get 10% off by using Knife Talk 10 in the checkout. Um, so go take a look. Fill up the the basket with lots of rhino It's going to save you money and we can save you more money by using Knife Talk 10 as a promo code you know a lot of people credit nick wheeler for getting into the whole rhino wet but nick wheeler actually credits bert foster who's a knife maker oh shit i don't know where bert's out of bristol south carolina or t t bristol mm -hmm. tennessee anyways somewhere in the south yeah because i think rhino wet is initially for like car finishes isn't it you yeah know, for people for who auto body right yeah 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 and uh yeah and and bert foster turned nick wheeler onto it and then nick wheeler made all these great videos about his process for making knives and he uses the rhino wet in there and so people start because they love all the instruction other instruction that nick was offering they're like well why wouldn't i use the same sandpaper and they found that they really liked it as well but nick uh gets credit for it and nick's a great guy uh, and he, he'll be the first also to say that it was Burt Foster that turned him on to that. But, uh, it's always, it's, it's interesting to learn where that stuff come from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but something, something that's become who, such a, 
yeah go ahead such a like a common thing for everybody to be using now almost like right. a standard tool yeah to, well what you know how did that happen how did somebody start using this right yeah. well it's like even like the coffee stuff or like all kinds mm. of different things that s grinds and all that weird stuff that people do now it's like then people joining they're like okay there's the way to do it and they figure it out but not knowing where that even started it's fine yeah well, that's such a great thing about doing a podcast like this yeah. because, you know, most of the content that we do is just user-generated now anyway. Right. You know, we had a few years where, you know, we were having to put a bit more work in. But now it's – we seem to put stuff out there and we get 10 times as much stuff back. And, um, you know, so, yeah, we're always getting tips like that and stuff now that, that we're learning. And, and it's mad to know that there's this whole sort of community out there that uh, they're not doing everything in the same way. But they're all taking tips from each other and, and all that right. kind of thing. And I, and I suppose before podcasts, that was that was forums, um, which, you know, they've taken a bit of a nosedive. People, you know, don't use forums as much these days. Defl- I mean, it's I mean, Instagram's somewhat similar to forums, though. True. Yeah, quite true, actually. It's yes, just a yeah. different platform, slightly different user interface, but very similar. Yeah. Especially when people yeah. would do, like, if you ever went through the forums, like the whip builds or something, like the build-alongs or whips or, or mm. the work and project posts. Yeah. It would be essentially, they would post pictures and, and caption it, and then people would comment, and then they would answer questions and go back and forth, and then they'd show the next picture. And so Instagram yeah. has yeah. kind of, the mod, somebody, uh, who was it? Josh Josh Smith, when he was first starting Instagram, he's like, dude, I don't know how to use this shit at all. It's so weird. And I'm like, dude, just pretend it's the forums and do the same shit you would do on the forums, but yeah. do it on Instagram. And he's like, oh. And then he yeah. started doing it, and he's just totally ran with it. He's done great. If it weren't for Instagram, I'm, this podcast, I'm pretty sure, would no longer be a thing, you know? Um, just because then it was somewhere for that sort of community to then, you know, follow each other, see each other's work, and make it more of a, a visual thing, whereas right. obviously this is an audio thing. People can put put those two things together, and, you know, when we're talking about a maker, they can look at their stuff, and, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Well, if you th- I mean, think about, like, um, God, I can't remember what – how people refer to like but like traditional radio like there weren't any places for like meetups or anything people just showed up and listened to the program when it came on the radio at whatever time mm. you know and this is obviously back in what like the the 20s to 60s or whatever people were listening to the radio a lot more religiously yeah. um and so all this community building around shows is so new Oh, it's really interesting and cool. I mean, it's great because, yeah, like you were saying, these people not only get to know the the people who own or not on the show, but uh, are part of the podcast and, and and hosting the podcast, and and sometimes get to interact through. Uh, you know, they would do live calls, but we do the Q and A or the questions and stuff like that. But they also mm-hmm. get to interact with each other and get to know each other, and and that's I feel like that is a really cool aspect of. Um, social media in regards to um content creation platform or uh or content content creators like what we're doing is that we also get to build a community of people around um the work we're doing to try to help each other and help the community and them help each other mm. yeah and that's also the thing that strikes me that <laughs> we got all these people and effectively like individual businesses really yeah because most people now are you know solitary makers or they may have you know two or three small teams of people they're not they're not big businesses obviously um but the fact that everybody then shares their knowledge and you know i've said this a million times you'd never get you know plumbers 
all getting together and saying, oh, what you want is buy one of these wrenches. They're far better. You know, <laughs> you know they, they keep their, you know, their, their tips of the trade to themselves. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we don't see that really, you know, in, in this in this community. Yeah. I don't I mean, it's curious to try to think about. I mean, I think, I think from my own personal perspective, I'm constantly seeking approval from people. And so mm. I feel like some of the re- reason and way or, or kind of the, the background of why I share as some of the stuff that I share or really any of the stuff that I share is I want the little like pat on the back or like the shout out. And you're like, Oh, I saw this on Morocco Malmasi's post, or I talked hmm. to him at blade show and uh, he gave, he gave me some great advice or this tip and it's really helped me and blah, 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 blah. Right. And so yeah, yeah. it, and, and that is a really like, honestly, as, as somebody who grew up, not necessarily getting, um, kind of like I was constantly, I, I excelled at a lot of things, but at home and I love my mom and she, she had a busy house she, and there were only three of us, but she was a single mom working full-time job with three kids, uh, trying to do her best. And so, you know, she probably didn't have time to stop and give us, uh, the praise that we wanted or needed necessarily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, now you know, social media has kind of created that opportunity to find that within a community. But at the same time, there obviously there are some downfalls with it. And like, how much does it really mean when it's coming from people we don't really know or have no connection with? And, and, and then, I don't know, I'm starting to get into like <laughs> therapy shit, but it's like, is it more important than what I think about myself? I, I don't think so. I need, and, and how am I figuring out how to do both? to yeah. kind of have like, yeah, approval from like, myself as well as accepting the the thanks and approval from people outside of me. Yeah, and there's got to be, so, you know, there's validation that you'll get from others seeing your work yeah, sure. and commenting on all that kind of thing. Um, but I think certainly at, at, at your level, people then, any validation that they give you shines back on them. Because, I mean, if you interact with them, they're like, oh, hey, mom. Maraca Mamasi, look at my work and all that kind of thing. Oh, so it's sort of, it all sort of feeds into itself, you know? That's so funny. I never thought about it from that way. Uh, oh, of course, way. of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I feel like if I comment on a chef's thing and they happen to say, like, comment back, like, thanks, even just thanks, I'm like, whoa. It's a recognition. Isn't yeah. it? It's just like, that, you know, they, 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 they saw me, they heard me. And I, yeah, feeling yeah. seen for, even if it's like, you know, half a second, feels, yeah. can feel good. For sure. And I can guarantee if you if you went to a stranger's, you know, maybe one of our listeners who you, you don't normally interact with, if you liked one of their posts, they'd be telling all their mates. They'd be like, look at this. And they'd be taking screenshots and all that kind of thing. Oh, funny. It's mad. Yeah. There's there's like so many different levels, isn't it? It's like sure. to every sort of game. It is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. You know who's top of the tree when it comes to levels? Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! 15% off. That can be a hell of a saving. If you're making, you know, three, $400 order um, each time, you can, you can have, save a lot. So head on over, CombatAbrasives.com. Okay, you, you just mentioned then growing up with your siblings. What's the difference in age with with you and your siblings? Oh, I'm the oldest, and my brother is 14 months younger than me, and my oh. sister is 13 months younger than him. So we're almost so all pretty close. Yeah, we're almost Irish triplets. Almost, yeah, not quite. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, 
Yeah, I was just thinking, when you said, you know, sort of vying for attention, and, and if you're all the same age, because, I mean, my kids at the moment, the, the twins, the oh, girls, Chris, yeah. it, they're four, um, completely opposite. Their, oh. uh, their personalities are completely opposite. So Daisy is Daisy's always just away with the fairies. She's a real dreamer. That's great. Um, and Molly is always seeking seeking our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, she's you know she's she pretends she's the louder one and she pretends that, but but really she, you know you can teach, see she's a bit more insecure, I suppose. Sure. Um, but just this last week, we've really noticed that anytime Daisy does something, Molly will be straight over and say, "Look what I've done! Look what I've done!" And it's just like it's it's just like it's so obvious every time because you know being four, she doesn't realize that we know what's going on, you know, right. and it's just like, oh man. It's just so tiresome, so tiresome. Yeah, and it's interesting yeah. how even twins, like you, you got, you know, they're they. It seems like they should be basically the same, but they can be so like completely so different. different and yeah. have completely different needs. Um, yeah. yeah, my uh, my my wife's sister has twins, and they're basically the same way. One's away with the fairies, and the other one's just mm. like right there on mom's hip, nonstop. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy, crazy. Because I mean, with me, I, I was basically the baby of the family until sixteen. When I was sixteen, my parents then had another baby. Whoa. So I've got a yeah. So I've got a, a sister who's five years older than me. Okay, a brother who's two years older than me. Then there was me, and I was I was okay. the little baby of the house right. say, until I was sixteen, and then my parents had another baby. Um. So yeah. So that was like completely different, and he's had a like his upbringing is so different to ours because there's three of us busy house all crazy all the time and by the time he came along i mean my my older brother and sister had moved out mm-hmm. i was 16 i wasn't really in the house much at 16 you know um and yeah and obviously times had changed by then as well me growing up in the 80s and 90s kids you know coming through the 2000s and onwards didn't really have the same freedoms right. that that we had back then yeah. Um, so I'm always I'm always just wondering, you know, my kids, you know, their upbringing, how different it is to ours, and, and what that means going forward. And it's just I don't know. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. We'd never we'd never let them out on their bikes down down the street or anything like that, you know. Which is which is something that was just so part and parcel growing up for us. Oh yeah. Like, hey, so even hey, yeah. You know, I'm a few years younger than you, but even I was able to just a couple. Should we say just a couple? A couple. What you're, you're 42, right? (laughs) You're like, yeah, my podcast, my podcast age is far younger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I would, I used to be able to, you know, in elementary school, jump on the bike and ride like miles away from my house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I think, you know, there, it, it did take a little bit of trust from my parents to be able to trust that I knew where the hell I was going and how to get back. Mm. And once they felt like I could do that, then they're like, cool. All right. Have fun. And we would just go. go. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I would struggle to feel that same confidence, um, for my kid. Yeah. I mean, he's only in first grade, so how much can you do in first grade? But exactly. Yeah. That's such a, yes. Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of a bigger yeah. kid, though. And I think that's kind of part of the concern is like, you know, somebody giving him a hard time or something like that somewhere down the street. or You know, there's so all these older. fucking yeah. gnarly podcasts about my favorite murder and all these kidnapping. It's just like makes my brain hurt. And I'm just like, why are people so fucked up? Why can't yeah. we just be good to each other? Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
and I am addicted at the moment to sort of crime podcasts and all that God. kind of stuff. And, you know, all the documentaries on Netflix, you know, all these serial killers and stuff. My wife doesn't watch any of that. Sure. She's like, anything negative, she just won't watch. She's like, well, why would I want to watch that? There's, you yeah. know, and I'm like, I, I, I just find it interesting. She's like, nope. Do want to know? Do not want to know? And I'm like, oh, jeez. Yeah, I uh, I used to watch like Black Mirror and and all kinds of weird, crazy shit, and listen to like these gnarly like true true crime stories and shit like that. And I just it, it was it's been in like the last three or four years. I just stopped. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like my <laughs> my head already like exists kind of in a darker place already. And so, what am I doing? Adding more darkness to it? Yes, yeah, so, it make it make it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a question yeah, for but... you regarding getting back into the shop. Yeah. So yeah. you've had you've had these kind of on and off again phases where you know, like you were doing your knife thing, and then the girls were born, and you know, it was a break there, and then or or things were a little bit slower there, and then the girls started going back to school, and you got back into it again, and then. And then Buddy was born, and so things have slowed down again for, like you said, the yes, last eighteen yeah. months. And now, as he gets ready to start school, I can't. You said next year, right? September come in. So right. yeah, so next about yeah, nine, so next months, yeah, 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 about a year. Are are you? Do you see these as cycles or phases of or, of progression, or do you feel like you'll just kind of be picking up where you left off? Do you have some ideas and concepts of things that you want to be doing as you move forward? In kind of like in the in it, I mean, obviously, it's a new year and people like to make resolutions and stuff. But for you, mm. and not necessarily are based around the new year, but just like as that is starting to come towards you in the next whatever ten months. 11 months i guess it's 10 months to eight, whatever yeah yeah nine, like, how, months, how yeah, do you yeah, yeah. like what are you thinking about that and how do you perceive it are you excited about it because you also got the music stuff going on and how do you juggle yeah, it with all yeah. that well i'm effectively thinking i'm starting over really okay you know so um, do you, every time do you feel like you're starting over again yeah oh completely really? yeah 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 you don't feel like um, you're getting back on the bike no okay um you know, if you take sort of two, three weeks off, yeah, you're getting back on the bike. Um, but when you haven't done anything for months, right. all that muscle memory is gone, really, you know? Okay. And, um, yeah, it is It is completely starting over again. And and to the point where we're thinking, you know, talking with my wife, thinking, do we almost like, almost like rebrand when I restart, you know? Mm. Well, you know? Okay. And I'm not, I'm not, not even quite sure. Um, what I do know is um, I will just be doing... Uh, what I want, and then putting them up at the end of each month. Um, yeah, you know, so there's no pressure that way. Doing like the newsletter you know, drop model, exactly. Yeah. So you know, no, no sort of taking orders or pre-sales or all that kind sure. of stuff because that just adds this crazy pressure. And I'm not good at all with pressure right. at all. I can bury my head in the sand, and I'm I'm the worst. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah. But you know, but to do that, you need to have um, good work out there. So, so I'm, you know, I'm I'm quite aware that it's not as easy just saying, yeah, I'll just make mm, stuff and just sell it at the I end of the you. month. It, it's, it really isn't going to be that easy. Um, so it's going to be basically starting off again. And I just think, um, just go, you know, go with what my strengths are, I think. And that, I think that is simplicity. I really do. Um, mm -hmm. And just keep things clean and simple and make that be the sort of, the brand really which which really is is what chop is they're all very sort of simple and sort of clean stuff 
um, because I love doing all the other stuff that comes with it, you know, the the photography and making the little videos for each knife and all that kind of thing. I used to love doing that. Um, but all that <clears> stuff <throat> takes so, so much time. Yeah. Um, you know, as you're aware. So, so yeah. So I think come the summer now, well, I mean, we're still getting a lot of work done on the house here as well. Right. Um, so... Uh, most of my stuff isn't actually accessible to use at the moment. I gotcha. Um, so by the by the summer, this second barn here that that the studio is in that that will half of that will be a complete workshop setup ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'll just be a slow start and just getting my hand back in really. Um, but you know, thankfully, you know, doing this show, you know, I, it's one of those things. It's almost like becoming like a like a YouTube maker. You know, learning something from YouTube because you know, I learn all these tips from people. And I hear all these tips, tips, but I'm not putting any of it into practice. It's all just in my. It's all just theory in my head, really. I got you, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, so who knows, really? But it's 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 effectively going to have to be starting again, really, because sure. it's been so long. Yeah, I do feel like it, it seems to me, at least right now, that it makes sense for you to do the newsletter drop model because you do have so much going on between the band and the family and the house being built mm. and stuff like that. That to to not to manage your own stress in a meaningful way but by, by taking uh, away the option for um commission work um, yeah yeah that really that's really going to help a lot um i think it's the only way i could do it to be honest with you. sure i really do yeah yeah so you know it'll be starting slow you know it's putting you know one or two knives up and and you know and hopefully they'll go at some point yeah. and then you know replenishing them and that you know that kind of thing you know yeah. something i i've i've always still uh you know, there's very little to appreciate about Jeff anymore these days. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it sounds really terrible. <laughs> He's the bottom of the bottom, really. You know, something really, I yeah, still yeah. appreciate about him, <laughs> even though everything else has gone to the wayside. Now, he, I always, I've always admired uh, the the collaboration work he's done. Um, mm. Of course, you know, he's worked with several different chefs in the past, um, and part of that strategy is connecting with somebody who has an audience in a way that can help drum up interest and and draw people to you um through by collaborating with them and i don't know if you have chefs that you might be able to do something like that with or even like doing a limited uh like a series of knives with like a friend other knife maker friends of yours uh like myself or jeff or even fingal who's close um and doing something like that just to help with kind of boosting that awareness more than anything that yeah i'm a guy and i make knives look at me and what i do (laughs) kind of thing you know well i think i'm I'm very fortunate in the fact that you know we've been doing this for so long and we've made all these connections right and um you know, I, I, you know, I did a lot of work when I was, you know, when I was doing this full time. Um, you know, making connections with chefs as well. Right. And there's, you know, there's a lot of my knives out there in sort of bigger, you know, restaurants. So I, I think I could easily sort of get back into that. Um, and you know, I could probably easily arrange some sort of um, collabs with people as well. Um, but what I've got to be aware of, aware of is my work isn't going to be up to standard for some time. I don't think. Um, really? it's like say, it really is starting over again. Mm. Um, okay. So yeah, I'll, I'll just take it slow and, and see, and see what happens and, and see what opportunities that are available to me then, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think just, I think, uh, you know, th- top of my head now, I think what, you know, how will I start? 
Um, I think just you know my sort of standard Western Chef knives do you know do a few of them, and I, you know I like I do like these these one off designs that I was doing. They all seem to sell well as well. Um, so I think yeah these these one offs and be sort of creative with that. I've still got lots of stuff here that I you know um, especially handle materials that I bought in thinking this will be a great sort of one off. Right. You know, moon rock and all these crazy things. I had these crazy ideas for. So, yeah, I've got plenty of stuff here to, to sort of get creative with. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm very much aware that um, I'll be starting off as a newbie again, really. Yeah. I feel like I could see – because you, you're right. You have made some good connections with chefs, especially when you're doing the steak knives for yes, a few restaurants yeah. and stuff like that. I, I wonder if you could even do a kind of – and I'm definitely not trying to tell you how to do your work, but um, like uh, collaborate with those specific. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Restaurants, because if they have the ability to afford, you know, uh, handmade knives from somebody, they must have a, a pretty strong um, clientele or a repeat, repeat, repeat clientele. And I wonder if there's mm. a way to do kind of uh, bring home the experience with you kind of series where you work with them to do limited series and say you're going to make replicas of the knives that you made for them or maybe they, they're special in some way for, say, the upcoming spring. Maybe there's some sort of spring flowers that you laser on or spring f- vegetables or something like or uh, you know, some sort of plant that you laser on as part of a spring series. and. Mm. And then you collaborate with them to connect with their email list or whoever their clientele and be like, you know, you can take that experience home and have these handmade knives yeah, in your own kitchen. We tried that with with a couple of restaurants okay. maybe about two two years ago. Um, didn't – yeah, it didn't really – the issue is there, I think. Um, you know, you'll make – let's say you make four dozen oh, uh, steak yeah. knives for a restaurant. Yeah. Um, and they'll say, well, we'll have more and we can then sell them onto the clientele. It's like, okay, well, we'll make another couple of dozen, but you can then sell on as well. Um, the issue then is you're not doing any sort of selling. It's up to them. I see. And they don't give a fuck. They, you know, they're busy running a restaurant. You know, their, right. their server isn't, isn't going to say, oh, can I interest you in one of these knives? They're like, they got, they got a dessert to go and get. You know, it's, yeah, that's that's what I found. <laughs> that didn't really sort of seem to go so well. Right. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, one-off chef knives, not knives. I think I think that'll be my sort of route back in. Right. What's your What's your plans for the year? Have you got anything, any big changes you think coming up, or um, I d- uh, you know any tweaks to the business sort of where you do things? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think my pa- packaging game is definitely going to be one that I make uh, a priority this year, um, mm. and. I do also want to do more collaboration projects um, with makers. I I did one with my friend Dan Biddinger. Um, gosh, when was that? I think it was like March last year. And I was like, this is going to be great. I'll do one like every quarter or maybe once every trimester. I ended up mm-hmm. only doing the one because I just couldn't get my shit together. And I think I wasn't really necessarily ready to do it as frequently as I thought I wanted to. Um, yeah. But I would like to do that. 
Um, How would you decide doing a collab? Who does what? Because um, I think, yeah, your handles I think are very distinctive, but sure. everybody seems to be doing them these days anyway. Um, so yeah, how would you decide? You know, and, and obviously your, your Damascus patterns as well. So would would you give somebody a blade and they'd finish it? What, what, how do how would you see that? Yeah, working? it would be like uh, I sent a knife. Actually, Don Wins had a knife uh, blade that I forged a long time ago, um, hmm. and he's been sitting on it for a while, and. Because I, I I already I've used his knives. I really like the way he grinds them, um, so I I'm very confident in his ability to finish out the blade. I'm pretty sure I didn't do any grinding on that one. Yeah, I think it was still as heat treated form. So, um, so I, I made obviously I made the steel and then I forged the blade and I pass it on to him um, uh, to do. Uh, to, to do the blade finishing and then put a handle on because it's very unique his style i think what do, what do we do with dan oh i it's that's i did the same thing i forged a blade and and or sorry i made steel forged a blade and then sent it to dan again another maker whose blades whose uh yeah blade geometry i've used and cut with and really like and so i was like grind it the way you want to grind it and then his handle work is really nice so um, he basically, I look at the making the steel and forging the blade and heat treating the blade as kind of like the first half of the knife making. And then the, the second mm -hmm. half, um, or maybe almost two thirds sometimes depends on the blade, um, is the blade grinding and the blade finishing as well as the, uh, handle sculpting. And then he actually sent the blade. The way it worked with Dan is that he sent the blade back to me. And fortunately he's not that far from me. So he actually just drove it down to me. And, um, and then I finished the blade and handled the, uh, the packaging and shipping and stuff like that and, and running the auction and everything to sell the knife. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So there's a, there's, there's a, a little bit of back and forth kind of, you remember that band, the postal service? No, no. Oh, it's a, I think it's a U.S. band, but they would, um, I think it was the the lead singer from Death Cab for Cutie. Are you familiar with that band? Oh right, yeah, no, that, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he worked with um, an artist over on. The, I think he's from the West Coast, and he worked with an artist from the East Coast, and they would send tracks back and forth, and she would do like the beats and the background music, and he would do the song singing gotcha. and the songwriting and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So they called it the Postal Service because they were sending stuff back and forth. I think. I, I don't know you. if they yeah, had yeah. to send it back and forth via snail mail, but I think they did for whatever reason. Maybe just to be able to yeah. say they did that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Right, yeah. So, so it's a lot involved with a collab, really, isn't it? There yeah. is, yeah. And it's yeah. It, it comes down to it kind of – I have issues sometimes with trust <laughs> in a way. that. So mm. I've, I've tried to collab with people so far, and it's really only been – uh, Don and Dan so far, but I have, I have a lot of people I'd love to do collaborations with. Um, I think it'd be cool to do like a steak knife, like a steak knife set with you. I think that'd be rad. So be cool. it'd be like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, and, but you know, I'm trying to figure out like, how do I get metal to you? I, I feel, <laughs> you'd either have to come to the States and take it home in a bag or have some, anybody who's coming to visit. Maybe I send it to yeah. Jeff and he goes to Spain and then you visit him in Spain. <laughs> True, yeah. yeah <laughs> Some yeah. weird and, convoluted uh, way of getting it to you. You know, whilst we're talking about Jeff as well and we're talking about collabs, yeah. uh, Jeff was talking to me this week um, saying that he'd love to do collabs with our listeners. Um, so I think if anybody wants oh. to do a collab with Jeff, just DM him. He's well up for it. Um, and I think, the yeah, the first probably 20 he'll probably take on. So uh, any of our listeners who want to do a collab with Jeff, just, just DM him. DM him, it's fine. 
Oh, good. You, he's, <laughs> he's, you probably read them. You probably read them on the toilet because he, he's still he's still he's still stuck there. Yeah. He's still stuck there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Now. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna kill me. He's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I miss one fucking show, and you throw me under the goddamn bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, um, Canadians out there, um, I'm sure you know all about Lawrence for Maritime Life Supply dot com, um, but also the Americans as well. You need to be getting your stuff from him. Everything that we talk about on the show, whether it's Rhinoet or combat abrasives or you know materials, even the tools and forges that we talk about, he sells them all. Um, so head on over Maritime Life Supply dot com. He's a real cool dude. Um, he he's matching that combat offer of uh, basically ten percent off. If you buy ten, you will get. If you buy a ten pack, you get ten percent off, and all that kind of stuff. Go take a look. He's got everything you could possibly need. Um, and apparently, if you're in America, um, you're still getting stuff very very quickly from him over just over the border there. So maritimeknifesupply.com. Check him out on Instagram as well, and give him a follow because um, he's always got new lines there, and he'll always put them up on Instagram so you know what he's got for sure. And I also want to add. Right now, he actually has a Black Friday sale going on. Now, we are recording uh, Friday bef- uh, after mm. Thanksgiving, but it does go through Monday, it looks like. So after the, you listen to this episode, hopefully you're listening to a hot off the press on Monday. Go over to Maritime Knife Supply where he is, uh, he's got a 10% off Damasteel as well as all handle material. And he also has a 15% off the uh, Baker Forge and Tools Tsunami Steel. So Maritime's got a sale going. Go check it out right now because those are that's some great some great savings right there, especially on those high ticket price items. Uh, so yeah, Lawrence is yeah. the man. Go do it. Go do it. Um, and whilst we're talking about sponsors, probably a good time to talk to you about KnifePrint, uh, KnifePrint.com. So many of you have maybe taken off a little time with the holidays. Um, you may be there with your family itching to get back to work and you know you can't. You could always open up a laptop and design a new knife. Knifeprint.com. It's CAD in the browser. If you've never done any sort of CAD before, which is computer-aided design, um, it can be really, really daunting and expensive too. Um, But with Knifeprint, you don't need any licensing, any special software. It's all done in the browser. They'll show you exactly how to do it. So you can design knives in your browser. You can save them, pull them up at another time, print them off as templates. Um, but they've got a great service where they'll actually cut out the blade for you in any steel that you want. You choose the steel, you choose the thickness, um, you choose the design that you've made. They'll laser cut it or water jet cut it and ship it straight to you. Um, so if maybe you're toying with a new design, you want to see how it feels in the hand, um, it's, a, it's a perfect service. Knifeprint.com. Go take a look. Ooh. Okay. So Christmas is nearly here. Yeah. Nearly here. Are you finding you get a lot more inquiries this time of year? No. You're like late. No. Late in the year. No. <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, I actually, if any time of the year I get a bunch of inquiries, it is towards the end of the year. Um, a lot yeah. of people wanting something less. Um, um, in regards to how my knives work, it, it feels very last second. So I honestly mm-hmm. try to count my year basically done at the end of October uh, and and starting it over. Uh, basic, uh, yeah. Like it. it in November, December, just so that these last couple of months there I'm doing stuff, but it's low key and there's no pressure. Cause I, I hate yeah, the yeah. fucking build up pressure to the end of the year. I did it many, many years. It's only been in the last two, three years, maybe four years that I've, I've tried to call my year done in October because 
it's just a lot on top of of all the family stuff going on and 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 holiday yeah. shit. So it's just it's that just, pressure. I of can't a, of handle a, it myself personally. Yeah. So I just it's a pre- a pressure of a date <laughs> and that cutoff date. Yeah. And it has to happen because you know. You know whether this is for a gift for Christmas or something. You know, there's, oh, yeah. there's no wiggle room there. It, it has to happen. It's, right. It can be a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah do you? I and I, I feel like I'm a Scrooge sometimes, um, and I. But I. I think I've tried to recognize that it comes from a, a, a place of lacking from when I was growing up. Uh, but I have a hard time with the whole holidays, especially Christmas and like all the gift giving. And there are a lot of people in the family that we were buying stuff for and it's feels so extraneous and it's not like it's their birthday. It's, it's, it's just a holiday. And so it's, it can add, it adds up to a lot of money too, like hundreds, if not thousands of dollars over across the whole family being spent on Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. It, yeah. And I, I think the other thing I struggle with is like today's black Friday as we're recording and in years past, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of stories of people being really fucking shitty to each other so that they can get things for people that they care about. But in the way, <laughs> but we've like, we've made it such a weird and like competition and you have to make it happen in this very narrow window that people yeah. are really gnarly to each other. And it's, I, wish I used to do a thing with Chop, and I obviously haven't done it for the okay. last year um, or this year. Um, with Black Friday, I take the website down and I just put up a message saying you probably got too much stuff anyway. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I so you'd literally used take, to do that. you do that. Yeah, I'd literally take the site down for the day and I'd just have a message saying, "Look, just chill out, spend some time with your family. Yeah, <laughs> don't go crazy." Um, it is mad. It is how people just lose their mind. They do. And it's unfortunate yeah. because, again, it's supposed to be like a holiday of spending time and doing kind things for the people you care about or people in your community. And, and it becomes this commodified thing where people are really shitty to each other to try to accomplish that kindness. And I think that's yeah. what's kind of like the juxtaposition that I really struggle with. Um, yeah. I really, really like, hopefully, it's especially as my son's starting to get older in the next year or two, uh, to get away with so much of like the the gift giving kind of thing, or I want, I want, I want kind of stuff. Just just, just tell him straight now. Say Santa doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's it's all a Santa con. fucking hates you. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that would be horrible. That would be so bad. Imagine. I mean, geez, yeah. I'd laugh yeah. about it because in my head it seems funny, but it would be so bad. Yeah. But. I would like to do more uh, to like go to a local food bank or try to do uh, do things to help. Even just like he has so many toys. It's insane. Hmm. Like he has more toys than some of the toy shops. It seems like I go to or or any (laughs) honestly, any like child care center or school that I've ever been to. He has more Hmm. stuff here in our house than they have at any of those places. And yeah. I, I think what would be cool is in, in a way to kind of slim down as we prepare to get new things is to find things that we can donate either to the local nonprofit or where, like the food bank or whatever toys that are still useful, but that he's basically is completely grown out of and doesn't play with anymore and has no mm. use for, you know, anymore. Yeah. Let's pass those things on so we can thin the herd and then get maybe a couple new things. Right. Yeah. And just try to do things that are more helpful to people at large, because 
and it's, I, I didn't grow up doing this, but I wish I had. And it's something that yeah. weighs yeah. on me at this time of year. Um, because it, it, again, it feels so greedy to want a bunch of shit that honestly, like most of us don't need the stuff that we get at Christmas. Very rarely. No, no completely. That's yeah, what our yeah. fucking birthdays are for. Get the shit you need on your birthday or just get it for yourself. Whatever. Treat yourself, you know, go get some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but we started doing this thing with our family now. So we, we still buy for our siblings and, and parents, obviously, yeah. um, both Amy and I, but we started just doing a, a secret Santa list. Okay. So, the whole family would put that. Well, you know how Secret Santa works. I do. And um, so everybody then puts up a list on WhatsApp of, of possible things that they'd want, and we put up. You know, everybody has a value, so you know it's seventy five pounds in this case. So you put up a list of things that you could possibly have, and it could be multiple things that add up to that, or it could be could go over or whatever. It yeah. Is. And then so you get that one thing from from your Secret Santa that you want. You know, it's not it's not a case of, you know, I've got to get my brother something, you know, and you end up just getting any old shit just because you need to get him something, you know. So this is a good way of, you know, not getting lots of stuff of stuff that you don't need. Um, everybody just gets one gift that they really want. And um, it really seems to work. And, and what we do is we put up like, you know, a few different options. So it's still a surprise when you get it because mm-hmm. you weren't quite sure what you were getting as well. And we've done that last few years now and it, and it really does work actually. It's, and uh, so you, it's you do that nice. for the You're adults getting... or all the kids for, as well? For for the, all the adults basically. Okay. Yeah, the kids, the kids we do. I'm so, a fan of I mean, that. I am totally into yeah. that. I would rather so focus I've... just on one person than trying to get one kind of whatever lame exactly. kind of thing for yeah. everybody <laughs> you know so we, we literally pick a name out of the hat yeah. and all we need to think of for the whole family is okay i'm getting for whether it be my my brother that's you know yeah. and amy would get one for, for another person because each person has who's one. your secret center um, this year um it is my brother oh. it is my oh. brother actually yes yeah and um my older brother um the the, yeah. the builder so, is he a builder no carpenter no oh, no he, had a brother he um a carpenter Oh, but yeah, my younger oh, okay. brother is—he does um, set design, stage designs, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, my older brother—it's um, it's quite a strange one. Um, he builds tanks weirdly. Oh. He, uh, yeah, he he basically manages the factory that that make tanks gotcha. and part of the Ministry of Defense and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure what he does, but I know he goes into work. Right. and they make tanks. Interesting. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, especially for me, who thinks <laughs> war? What is it good for? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I am looking forward to Christmas this right. year because um, we've just come back from the UK. We spent way too much time in the UK um, for various family reasons. Um, and we're back now and we know we're here for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and it's just us. Um, you know, the house is in a far better state than it has been because we're still getting, you know, we've been getting work done for years. Um, and it, yeah, it's just going to be nice to. Uh, Kids break up, I think, the day before Christmas Eve. Then they've got two weeks off. Um, they're all a nice age now for Christmas where they you know, they still believe and all the rest right. of it. So, yeah, really looking forward to this Christmas. Yeah, it's gonna be a good my one. kid still believes. And I know the day is going to come when somebody either ruins it because we listen to a fucking mm. podcast where they're like, <laughs> San- kids earmuff, Santa doesn't exist. <laughs> I think that was the title of one of our podcasts <laughs> yeah. as well. <laughs> oh man. I know who that guy, yeah. who, who that happened to as well. Yeah. A buddy of mine. Oh, so. <laughs> but Madness. just trying to like figure out how, how do you ease, ease that on the kid or, or do you like, how, or how do you rep- reposition it? Um, yeah. So is it like, 
Santa isn't real, but the spirit of Christmas or the holiday season, that's like, it's more about that. Yeah. How do you Because I'm, I'm really not religious in any sort of way. So to me, Christmas is just about tradition. It's just, sure. you know, what we did as a tradition as, as you, know, you know, growing up, we weren't religious in any way either. Um, but I do remember the transitional years of, I can't remember how old I would have been. No, I was, I was a slow developer. I was probably 14, 15. I was a slow developer. Okay. <laughs> then when you, when you sort of know, well, it's not real, but I'm just going to go along with this. I'm getting presents everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, so I'll just go, go along, along with this. With it's fine. Sweet it's fine. Gifts. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this man with the beard, yeah, he's real, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still um, going to, like, the, the local <laughs> mall and sitting on the yeah. old man's lap. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited, Mum. I'm so excited. Yeah, he's probably like, yeah, excited, right, too. This, this old drunk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was my mum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, no, I, yeah, Christmas for me has always just been sort of tradition. We still have all these, you know, these little traditions that we that we do now. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's gonna, it's gonna be a nice one, I think. Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember. I I remember when I realized Santa wasn't real. Um, I was asleep, and I saw whatever reason where we were sleeping was like in a shared room, and the door was open, and I could see my parents sneaking by with our <laughs> stockings, and I was like, yeah. "What the fuck?" <laughs> I mean, the little kid brain was like. <laughs> what is going on yeah. and i realized like oh santa isn't real okay yeah. <laughs> and but i also just went with it i was like i never said anything to them i, I don't think exactly. i don't think i yeah, ever yeah. told my mom that i knew that i knew he wasn't yeah. real and all that kind of stuff it was like it was yeah. once my younger siblings um started to come to the realization and I'm like oh yeah i knew that okay moving yeah. forward now what but but I, I tell you what, even now where, you know, I'm in my 40s and I've got older brother and an older sister who's in the 50s. Um, like was it, it wasn't last year. I think it was the year before. We all went back to my parents for Christmas, all of us, the whole family. Okay. And even now we had that tradition of all waking up, standing at the top of my stairs, and my dad going downstairs to see if he'd been. And we're all still playing along with this now. We're in the really 40s <laughs> and 50s. And he shouts up, he's been. We all can run down the stairs excited. Yeah. Well, <laughs> y- like, I mean, it's got to be geez. great for the kids too, though. They must love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I suppose that's what it's all about. All about. Yeah. But listen, if, if you're listening to the show and your partner is a knife maker and Christmas is coming and you want to get them something special, don't get them jewellery. Head on over to dharmasteel.se. Get them a beautiful piece of steel that they can make something that they can they can keep forever. Something something very special. Uh, they are dharmasteelab on Instagram. Go take a look at the kind of stuff people are making. It's always always special stuff. We just did the the Dharma Steel Chef Invitational last week, where we got to see some amazing, like really really special knives, all made of Dharma steel. Um, which is a, a stainless Damascus, um, very, very easy to work with, which is, I was amazed, all the makers that we spoke to last week who were using Dharma Steel, every one of them said that they were a little bit daunted, but it was actually far easier to use than they thought it would be. Um, but go take a look for yourself, dharmasteel.se. They make some fantastic patterns. Um, go take a look. If you use Knife Talk 10, at che- sorry, if you use Knife Talk at checkout, you'll get 10% off the order mm-hmm. too. 
And um, they're just great people. They're great people. Now, I'm, I say great people. I'm not sure about Pear doing that dancing with the knives that he did <laughs> online. I, I, that sort of stuff, I'm, I'm, not in, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not into it, okay? Um, but they're great people. So go take a look at armasteel.se. Different strokes, man. I was into it. I thought it was cool. I was really impressed by it. <laughs> he had a good bod. I was surprised. <laughs> he had a really good bod. Um, it was cool. After the, uh, after the show... Uh, everything was done. I I uh, sat. I hung in our booth, and ah, and there were actually quite a few people that were hanging in the booth too. And um, Brigham Kendall jumped in, and he joined me while we listened to Pear and you guys do the awards and all this stuff. And then um, afterwards, we just picked up and carried on a conversation there. And, and whoever was willing oh, cool. to jump in, jumped in. So Naren came in as well, and Fingal showed up. He came back into our booth and jumped in with us too and chatted for a while gabe fletcher who won the uh our, our pick for the the build along competition he jumped hmm. in too he and uh i'm trying to feel i feel like there was somebody else and i feel bad if i'm forgetting somebody but um nice the after show yeah and it was cool it was and that's that's like what we, we just kind of like sat there and bs and carly jumped in actually for a second too because at one point i'm like i'm pretty sure carly knows what i'm talking right now and hopefully she can hear me and she jumped in and uh and she let us know that we had like the 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 software was just going to keep going for like another 45 minutes so Oh, I hung cool. out in there for uh, basically another half hour, almost 45 minutes. I had to bail because we had stuff going on with the family. Um, and, but I think uh, Fingal ended up staying in there with one of the other makers that was presenting at the show, uh, whose name is escaping me right now. Um, but anyways, it was cool. It was fun to chat with those guys and kind of... I, I was... Because <laughs> I was doing the picture-in-picture, picture, so I could like kind of doing a little bit of a running commentary while... Um, while you guys were talking, you and Pear were talking, and then while Pear was doing the presentation and stuff like that um, hmm. for the awards. Oh, cool. Nothing rude. Nothing rude. Just, just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just, just us. talking yeah, some yeah, yeah, really yeah. mad shit. No. Um, no, it was cool. It was fun to do that because I, th- I think it's cool to like to have that interaction. And I think I'm very thankful for the Patreon that I that I have because it, it kind of affords that opportunity to like pull people in and chat with them. And I, I have a Discord mm. that I do with them um, where I'm, I'm oh, chatting right. with a, a bunch of the people as well. And and so at the end of the damage deal, kind of creates that opportunity as well to pull some of those people in who wouldn't normally be part of the show. Um, because honestly, more than anything, like it's just hard to manage a lot of people talking all at the same time, really, right? And yeah. It, I think at yeah, one point yeah. we had like six or seven people in the booth at the same time uh, on the oh, screen. Wow. Wow. So yeah, yeah. we just kind of treat it like a Zoom, a Zoom meeting in a way. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Well, makes it was sense. good. Makes sense. With regards to your your Patreon or your Patreon, um, how can people get involved in that? Is that go to your website? Yeah, if the easy, honestly, the easiest way to find it, I have a link in my bio on my Instagram at Malwasi Fire Arts on Instagram. Um, and if you just tap the link, it actually goes to my link tree. It's, it's cool. Instagram offers you to put up, I think, three or four links now, but I do still have a link tree that's got like a bunch more links um and the patreon's on there and that's the easiest way to find it um and you can be part of the community where you know we're i'm doing private q a's every month uh which is a great opportunity for people to basically you know you're paying to have me be your knife making coach you're you're you know 
kind of what they have business coaching and life coaching so i'm your knife coaching guy <laughs> basically cool. um and so that's a great place for the q a and those are like there's no limit on time um often i'll j it's me just talking or or answering a couple questions but mostly me talking about a specific subject and i think i did three and a half hours one day just talking oh wow and i was like wow. that was a little long <laughs> because by the time i was done my, <laughs> a little my voice was yeah. super hoarse and my throat was killing me i was like maybe i should try to keep it a little bit tighter than that <laughs> wow. um yeah. but they're always really good and cool to uh, uh, and can people go back if they were to join yeah the so those live on the patreon yeah those live on the right, Patreon. Okay, they can catch cool. all of the past ones as well as new ones. And then uh, I have my Artisans with Steel podcast that I do um, and where I'm interviewing people who have been on the Artisans with, uh, in my calendar. Um, yeah. And so just having conversations with them, kind of similar to how you first started out Knife Talk, um, kind of getting mm -hmm. their backstories and their influences and inspirations and stuff like that and and talking with them about the way they make knives and they share some tips and knowledge and and i have plenty of my own questions uh because i think part of part of, it's a it's my own selfish way um to ask those makers some questions that i've been wanting to ask them and stuff like that and uh yeah. it's been good it's oh, yeah cool. i've been doing that for almost a year and a half almost two years now yeah. and um so there's a lot of interviews up there for people to check out cool but yeah and and jeff's got his thing as well called from the crapper <laughs> so if you've got any questions for jeff dm him and he'll answer because he's stuck on the he's got nothing else to do he's stuck on the toilet this turkey did a number on him so it's called from the crapper um send him any questions and he'll he'll respond oh, Jesus. dirty fingers and all dirty fingers and all yeah. that's disgusting <laughs> that's so gross it's weird i, and whilst I can handle a lot of gross things but for some reason like human byproducts really gross me the fuck out <laughs> don't you want to think of jeff responding to your messages while he's while he's pushing one out isn't, isn't it i mean some people may be into that i mean i mean it's you know, better but, than um... pulling one out <laughs> uh you know what whilst whilst everybody is selling their wares i'm going to take two minutes through mine um so uh, I've been talking about this music thing for ages on the on the on the right. now, and it's um, it's been building up to this. So this week we launched um, our EP. Um, so it's been sort of pre-order until now, but the EP is now available to to buy, um, and it's four tracks. And the idea is that this time Friday, so come Friday seven p.m. UK time, is when they read out the the charts. Like, oh, right. like in America, you have the Billboard charts, and over here we have the official chart, the official UK charts. And um, the idea is, is to chart. So if anybody wants to hear these songs, we put one song up on Spotify today. Oh, nice. Um, which is the lead the lead song on the single called Jigga Jig Out. And um, the video is up on YouTube as well. And the band is called The Three Five Fives. But um, yeah, if you want to get hold of the four songs, the only way to do that is to buy a physical CD. Um, and I know that a lot of our listeners are there in America so they may say, well, what's the point? Because in four weeks' time, I'll be able to hear all the songs anyway. And I probably won't get the CD in time because of shipping. Um, but if you do want to buy it, it's only four ninety nine. If you want to send me a screenshot of the purchase, I'll just email across the files. You can have all the songs and you can listen to them in your car, on your phone, your laptop, wherever it yeah. is. Um, but basically, every purchase goes towards our chart position. And I've seen... Um, and that starts today. <laughs> 
that starts the day. Okay. Yeah. So so basically, the chart is every Friday. Right. Um, okay. So come midnight on Thursday, all the sales are then um, totted up, and then they come out with a chart. So so next Friday is when we'll get our chart position. So last year with my solo stuff, I got to number fifteen in the charts, um, but this time as a band. <clears throat> I mean, the songs are far, far better to to, to start with, um, but we're hoping we're hoping to beat that and possibly get get a, a top ten, and um, just to be in the chart the same time as the Beatles, because obviously the Beatles are currently top of the charts here, um, would just be like the the maddest thing ever, yeah. you know. And we're in we're in with the shots. Um, having seen some figures this morning, because um, you can get data from the chart okay. company. Um, we're in with a shot. We're in with a shot of being top 10. So, All right. Um, so, yeah, every single sort of purchase does matter. So if this podcast means anything to you, if you've taken anything from this podcast over the, what, four or five years we've done it, um, four ninety nine would be such a lovely yeah. thing. And uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not asking for four ninety nine. I'm asking you to buy something that I'll, you'll enjoy anyway. Um, I, honestly, the four songs, they're very different. They're very sort of diverse in style. Um but I, I honestly believe they're great songs. So, um, yeah, I'm not asking for something for nothing. You're going to get something great in return, I promise. You know what I did last year? And I advise everybody to do the same because 4.99 is very reasonable. Is I bought them and then they showed up in time. Like if you get them now, they sh- hopefully will show up in time that you can put them into your Christmas gifts. Give them to your family uh-huh. and friends. And that's what I did last year. I think I got seven or eight of them oh, to, wow. to Thank send you. out to people. Yeah. And they fix wonky tables. If you've got a wonky table, you can put one under. Um, frisbees. Multi, multi-use. Anybody like to shoot shotguns, face it. you just throw it up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, a lot of people don't have CD players anymore. And the amount of people I've had contact me saying, I've bought one you know, to support, but I've got nothing to play it on. So that's why I'm then just emailing the files so they can put it into their Spotify. I want the vinyl. Listen on. When are you going to pump out the vinyl? Well, the problem with vinyl is there's like a six-month turnaround time for vinyl. Oh, because you got to make the press um, and everything the demand is crazy, and there's there's only one press left in the whole of Europe. Holy shit! And they're trying to kidding? build more because you know at the, at the, in the sort of nineties they just got rid of them all. CDs were king, and they got rid of all the vinyl presses. Oh my god! Because so, they were so expensive, mm-hmm. and now vinyl is such a big thing again, and every band is trying to get vinyl out there. And the yeah, the wait time to get stuff pressed is crazy, and they they're talking minimum orders now of like five six thousand to, to start shit. as well because they can pick pick and choose the jobs that they want mm-hmm. um so yeah it is crazy so it is a dream that one day we'll have vinyl but at the moment um with regards to physical stuff it is cds but i say if you don't have a cd just send me a, a, a screenshot of that purchase and i'll um i'll send you the files anyway and you can listen to them then on your in your car on your phone on your computer wherever it we got oh, go um sorry the 355s.com is the website um so yeah 355 the numbers um with an s.com um, and there's a big link there. Yeah, yeah, I'd really appreciate it if anybody did. And um, hopefully, when I speak to you this time next week, we'll be, you know, in the charts, which With would be Beatles. pretty cool. With the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, that is, yeah, bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> I look yeah. forward to it. Well, I'm going to get on it for sure today um, to appreciate add to those it. numbers. Um, we actually yeah. just got, what is it, in the last year, we got this little unit that plays vinyl and tapes and CDs and it's Bluetooth. You can oh. connect your Bluetooth to it, so you can play Bluetooth through it as well. 
um, as a sweet unit. And we actually have a surprising number of cassette tapes. Um, both my wife and I have a collection of them. They're making a huge resurgence again. Tapes. Yeah. Like the amount of bands who are releasing stuff on tape again, whereas five years ago, nobody, <laughs> right. nobody at all. And you probably wouldn't be able to get them, you know, cut to tape anywhere. But um, yeah, a lot of people well, are doing and that it's, again now. It's, I think there's some nostalgia because like how things go in cycles. And so, you know, you see all these remakes of like Karate Kid and all this other shit that was happening in like the 80s and the early 90s. And that's coming back mm. again. Like the way the high schoolers are dressing now a days in my yeah, area yeah. are like fucking stonewashed jeans and like oversized Crazy. sweatshirts, like bum athletes yeah, yeah. and all that kind of shit. And kids. It is It's mad. so fucking funny. But there yeah. is something to that whole experience of playing a cassette and like people had a sense of pride if they if they you know they 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 know a tape well enough that they know if they count to like three and a half it's gonna skip skip the song (laughs) to go to the next song and all that kind of stuff it's the ownership as well. So I remember, you know, as a teenager, having like the, a collection of my favorite sure. music, you know, you, you know, you, you'd save up and, you, you know, you on the weekend, you may be able to get, you know, a CD and you'd have to pick very carefully what it was because that's all you could afford. But now because everything is just so disposable and you've got everything at your finger fingertips, it, it, it just seems valueless now, you right. know. So I think people are craving that own it taking ownership of something again sure um but there's also like the all the other parts that come to it so when when you know if, if you've got something on your phone you see this tiny little thumbnail of artwork um and that's all you've got but if you're buying you know physical media as you know songs in a physical form right. you know you're getting the full artwork and yeah. you can you know see who produced it and who played trumpet on track three and all these things you know whereas a kid i was super geeky about all that kind right. of stuff where it was recorded and and you know hearing more of a story about it and we've really gone to town on this so the guy who did our artwork did all the, the famous sort of um brit pop stuff back in the night so all the oasis covers the verve stuff oh, wow. and the stone roses nice. stuff um so yeah so a guy called brian cannon a company called microdot um microdot. so we managed to work with him so you know we were really pleased with that and you know we put a lot of thought into you know the design of that because you just don't see you know spotify you get this tiny little you know thumbnail right. and it's just like oh, it's just a bit of a shame yeah so yeah i can see why people are wanting to buy physical media again because it's it, it is taking that ownership but i mean i use spotify every day you know oh, i'm sure. always on spotify because it's just so convenient and having everything there and you know for what 9.99 a month it's 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 amazing well and really, there's just know? like it this with things so easily accept- accessible there is a novelty to that kind of tactile experience versus just pushing a couple buttons you know mm. getting the tape in there and making sure you're playing it on the right side and like i just found actually uh, a sports Walkman. It was like this newer version of Walkman at, at a free pile that was like on the side of the road, and it was it's in great condition. It's like practically brand new. I looked it up on mm. eBay. These same fucking things are selling for five hundred dollars. They're it's so expensive, and so was this the Sony Walkman, the yeah. yellow sports one? Ah, right, I know the one yeah, you mean. Yeah, so I have wow, one of those, wow. and it's. It's got like the fancy, like you can switch directions that you're playing to play the other side of the tape without pulling this tape out and flipping it around. It's got the radio. It's got all this other kind of bass and equalizer shit on the side of it and stuff. But it's super cool. I got it for the kid because we have all these tapes and I want him to like be into like 
finding tapes and music at the at the goodwill or at the yeah, music yeah. shops you know we have a vinyl store downtown that still sells tapes and vinyls along with cds and um it's amazing and he yeah. and he loves that kind of tactility it's so novel and interesting to him and so now yeah. he's got That's a five hundred dollar fucking walkman that he can use to listen <laughs> to these shitty old tapes amazing <laughs> amazing and it's the whole mechanical nature of it right. as well isn't it you know you you press play you press it down hard you can feel the head moving down and yeah it's yeah it's, it's pretty cool and even the smell of it then you know if it's an old one it's gonna, it's gonna right for sure you know there's, there's that almost burning smell of everything <laughs> and everything's just more visceral you know it's yeah it is amazing i is amazing. i used to love just watching the mechanics actually work through the, like I would yeah, yeah. push the play button and then I would watch through try to try to watch it through the tape if the tape was clear to see how everything yeah. like works in there because it was it kind of feels like magic you know the it is the ribbon I mean, is just like rubbing yeah, against yeah, yeah. this like <laughs> yeah. weird scotch bright looking piece of cotton and it's like yeah. vibrating and making music it's like what the fuck who who the hell thought they were gonna put a q-tip on a piece of ribbon and it was gonna work <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and it goes further than that as well because i think it's like most of the like the speakers i've got in this house they're like little like alexa things oh you yeah know? sure and then you know it's one speaker but I remember like growing up we'd have like a, a hi-fi system with big big beautiful speakers right. and the sound would be amazing mm-hmm. So like now we go to the studio and we record all these songs on you know on these amazing you know systems or huge monitors that we can hear things from and it sounds great. Right. And you come back and you listen to things on like a little three inch speaker, and it's just like we've definitely taken a step backwards with regards oh, to so quality that we're listening to stuff in. Right, and and, and it makes me wonder like does it make sense to edit music? So, or adjust and make those adjustments when you're editing the studio so that it sounds yeah, yeah. good well, you do, to Matt, come through you those do. speakers. So one of the processes, once obviously once you've recorded, you then get stuff mixed. Then it then goes to another process called mastering. Yeah. And um, and what that do, that's just trying to sort of tune that music to, to suit as many people as possible. Um, and I think, you know, speaking to some mastering engineers, over the last sort of 15 years... Mm-hmm. Um, they're not necessarily mastering to get the the most out of the sound. They're more trying to sort of squash it a bit, squash those frequencies, just so they know it'll work on a shitty car stereo right. or on a shitty little mono <laughs> Alexa device, you know. Right. And it's a it's just, it is such a shame yeah. because you know I'm I'm here sitting in my studio and I've got lovely big speakers here and everything sounds great here, but then going back out into the house and using one of these, you know, especially like in the bathroom or you know, the, the, yeah, the little portable speaker, yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's just like, oh shit! Yeah, it sounds it sounds terrible, <laughs> you know. But God, that's crazy. I never would have even thought about progress, taking that eh? into consideration. I mean, it's it's good yes, though that yeah, somebody's yeah. doing that because yeah, like you're saying, you can edit it or, or you know master it and put it through that process as much as you want, so it sounds great through these beautiful systems. But then somebody plays it through you know their Bluetooth speaker that they carry around with them on their fucking wrist. I had I have a friend that goes for walks and she just carries the Bluetooth speaker with her. It's not going to sound yeah, the same. Yeah. And if it sounds through yeah, sh- like yeah. shit through that, they're not going to want to listen to it. Exactly, oh, God, yeah. that's so but weird. We're just, talking, we're just talking like old men now because I'm sure back in These the 60s when kids the Beatles don't were doing know what they stuff. Got. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, the, the Beatles were doing stuff in stereo then. They're just like, why would you want to do that? You know, and it, yeah, it was just times change. But um, I honestly do think that we've taken a step backwards. Um, but yeah, hey. Hey. There are some. Right, you need to tell everybody about your uh, your grinder uh, and how they are the future. They are the future. My, I have a Broadbeck Ironworks. Wait, Ironworks? 
Rod Brackheimer. Is that their name? Jesus, oh my God. It is, yeah, yeah. totally like... I think I needed another cup of coffee this morning. Um, yeah, Broadback <laughs> Ironworks, knife makers, designing and building grinders for knife makers. They're To me, they're like the, the one machine that gets it all done. They have all these different attachments that allow you to do various processes from using a buffing arm to a disc grinder to a belt grinder. They sell radius platens. They have surface grinders. It really is a solution for having multiple machines in one, uh, especially if you're tight on space in your in your shop. And when you go to broadbackironworks.com, they will save you 10%. Is that right? Craig, if you put Knife Talk 10 in at checkout. It is, yes. And um, I think they have some Black Friday action going on right now, but I was just actually looking on their Instagram and I didn't see what it was. And I can't seem to find that email that had that information. I don't think Ben sent it my way. Um, And I don't know if you have I mean, they've always always got deals on the go. They do. It's always worth checking out their socials. Um, Not just for the deals, but also for the the new stuff, because they've always got new stuff too. So, yeah. Make sure you are following them yes, actually yes, on yes. Instagram and Facebook and all that. Absolutely. Okay, I think we can call that a day. We yeah. haven't answered a single question, but I quite like that. Good. It's quite nice to sp- spend some time with you without that other idiot <laughs> shouting over my shoulder. You know. You know. Yeah, I mean, he's all right. He's all right. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's he's currently using Indasa two thousand grit on his ass at the moment. <laughs> just trying, just trying to, just trying to get the. <laughs> He's polishing the poodle. No. He is, yeah. he is. Um, but I'm sure uh, Jeff will be back next week. Uh, lost a bit of weight and maybe looking a bit more gone. Um, <laughs> he will be back. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. And uh, we hope you've all had a, a great holiday. Um, and we shall speak to you again uh, next week. Bye for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.